All right. Welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Today we have Sean Endler on the phone. We've actually been talking already for like for like a, a half an hour about all kinds of things that are I don't know if I'd say I'd say top secret. It's just things that um I don't know if we would we would, would really talk about people like that out in the open. <laughs> I'm, I'm just you know, I'm just saying that. But uh hey man, you know, welcome to the show. Um you're you're kind of um we're in the midst of a transition, so to speak, yeah. or what's going on? I mean, uh, what, what are we doing right now? And let's just talk about that because I don't know if we've really talked about that on the show yet. Kind of what does a transition look like? What does um, career pathing look like? Just from even just an emotional standpoint with other, um, you know, IT things, man, what's going on right now in your life? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, right now making a big transition, um, moving into a bit more of the business side of technology, um, working, going to be working for a company that does disaster recovery as a service, backups and cloud hosting. And I'm going to be the technical operations guy, more or less the COO role. So getting a little acknowledgement into the operational side of the businesses, um, you know, just making that move professionally. It's been a good move professionally, but I have to admit the emotional toll has been traumatic. Um, it all started probably about December for me yep. and my family, it was time to make a change from where I was at. Uh-huh. You can see, sometimes you see the writing on the wall with things or you just feel like you've plateaued. You just got to know. I think that, I don't know, at least for me, whenever I had made uh, in the corporate world business changes before, you just kind of know things get stale or yep. like you said, there's the writing on the wall. It's just this, I don't know, like a feeling. I don't really know how to describe it either, but yeah, you just know. But go ahead. Yeah, you know, that was just it for me. I just kind of knew it was time to change. Things were happening. And uh, what a whirlwind. You know, I, at first I was extremely nervous. You know, you, you really don't know what, what's out there for you. You don't know if you're a good sell, right? Like, you kind of have this lack of confidence in yourself, even though you've done a massive amount of things, right? You feel like you've got this resume. I was listening to your uh, podcast yesterday with Miguel that you did recently. And you guys talked about the LinkedIn and it really made me self-conscious about my LinkedIn because I totally used it as like a resume builder and as a way to sort of get myself out there. And I kind of had to rethink that, but you know, I just, I threw myself out there. I spent time updating everything. I just made the jump. Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I I really wasn't sure because I I had never been able to answer that question. And so it's like, Oh, well, what do you do? What are you going to do with your life? What do you want to be? You know, they've been asking me that since I was like 16 years old. Right. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I still don't even know what I want to be. I just know I love being in technology. I want to help companies grow and evolve. Yeah, I want to make I'm the sure worst they're safe. Just a little, little information on everyone out there listening. I stayed back in first grade. Um, I pretty much stared out the window my entire life. I was a horrible, <laughs> horrible student. I mean, horrible. I was the guy that was procrastinating. I should have been on my Apple to see probably like, you know, doing all the things that the other guys do, or I probably should have had a Commodore. I should have been coding and been really interested in all these things. I just wanted to like play whatever video game it was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, even in computer class, I just wanted to play Oregon Trail. That's the so, um, <laughs> You know, so years later, um, you know, pre-med dropped that, dropped out of, you know, even though I probably could have been good at it, you really have to be like totally die hard to be a doctor. Like, you have to be yeah. like die hard. So, you know, I dropped pre-med and chemistry and biology for what? Creative writing. Okay. And now I'm in technology. So, um, 
Uh, yeah. So I'm like the last person that someone should be talking to about. Now I'm more <laughs> driven than I ever was, though. So there's something to be said about that as well, too. You know, like, hey, your uh, your your honors role student works for my dropout C. That's right. One hundred percent. But anyways, you know? so I'm not saying that that's you at all. I'm just, you know, no, but no, everyone looks at themselves like that. I think everyone, maybe, uh, I think a lot of us don't give ourselves the credit due. I think we're all hard on ourselves. At least I am. That's the biggest piece of feedback that anyone's ever given me. Phil, don't be so hard on yourself. So anyways, um, I thought your LinkedIn profile is pretty darn good. But what I look for in a LinkedIn profile, when I'm looking at people, I'm looking for, okay, does it say IT? Does it say IT director? Does it say CTO? Does it say, so that's what I'm looking for. But um, but yeah, the, uh, we could probably do some things on here that would really, really fire this up. But, but, um, the, the only difference is you have someone of a beard right now. No one can see this. We're not, you know, we're not, you know, I don't do video. I just do audio, but no one can see this, but you've, you've got a beard. So, you know, and you're so clean shaven in your LinkedIn profile. I guess, I don't know which one, I don't know what's really better. Maybe the beard might scare some people. Every now and then, like people throw money at me on the street, but. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That's my, I've never been one to shell out for a headshot. I've, I've never done that. I have no idea where to even go. So that's my engagement photo. With Yours my is wife. pretty good, I think. Mine was a Propped out my wife. <laughs> they say that. <laughs> <laughs> good. There's a wife in that picture. I didn't even know that. Now yeah. Hopefully she listens to this and is like, you right. know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> My wife took mine of the of the of mine with the old phone, so it's not really a selfie. They say don't do selfies. I don't know where are we going with this. I don't know, but anyways, you <laughs> you you kind of made the jump from. Uh, here, here's the here's the key the key point of this is is there's other people out there listening right now. They're like, okay, I might want to make a career transition. I'm in a career transition, or I might even be unemployed and not have a job, and I'm I'm scared. Um, I don't know where the money is going to come in next. I'm hoping that the, you know, stimulus check number three comes in real soon, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And the truth is you have the skills, you have the ability, but what gave you, I I think that one of the main differentiating factors is, is it guys that just don't keep the lights on that just don't go through the daily motion of, I got to get up and I got to get this workload off of my plate and there's another side to the story, which is a visionary business leader and how am I driving the business forward? And there's a certain level of balance between the two. And sometimes you've got to be able to let some of the other crap kind of go, even though it builds up like this, I don't know, pile of papers on the desk type of thing mm-hmm. and sacrifice for the business making more money and driving it forward, whatever that is. So I don't know what it was for you, but what helped you make a decision? Because you, I'm sure like most people, when you, when you go, you have multiple decisions. You, you can go one mm-hmm. route or you can go another route. What, what made you make the decision that you made to go you where know, you're going right now? You know, ultimately, I think it came down to leadership for me, right? Coming from an education background, always going through those changes and transitions and, and making all of those adjustments. I've always been in, in a leadership sort of visionary change sort of path. I could have gone down the sysadmin 
could, you know, I used to do some coding back in the day. I could have jumped into a boot camp, right, and, and became more of a developer. I could have done a lot of those things. It could have stayed just IT, right, just infrastructure and been the infrastructure guy. But really, it came down to is I wanted to have an impact. And I, and I sort of found this because I interviewed for a job where I would have been the uh, director of IT curriculum. And I would have been writing IT training programs and security training programs. And the reason why I interviewed for that is because I wanted to have some impact. And maybe that's the teacher in me from years ago, because I didn't get into education for the money, obviously, right? I got into it to have an impact and make a change. But I don't feel that that was pushing me enough and challenging me enough. And I really had to reflect on it. Like you could get up and have fun writing curriculum every day, but maybe there was no pressure to to succeed or maybe there was maybe there's a drama yeah i need the drama i do i honestly do i thought maybe i didn't right when i was leaving this job i thought i don't want the stress i don't want the angst i don't want the anxiety but i need that challenge and i guess it's how you perceive it right if you look at it it breathes life into you it's yeah. kind of gives life to people i when i think back at some of the the best jobs that i had living in the corporate world and maybe that's why i put so much passion into this podcast with no knowing with no known f- where it's going to go in the future right <laughs> like i this is a fully funded kind of podcast funded by like a lot of our back end you know like by my other sure. companies but um it'd be nice if we could like monetize this someday but it's really just kind of a, a passion thing the but the jobs that i always liked in the past were always the startups mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. the big corporate bureaucracy because I hated the corporate bureaucracy because you're kind of like in the corporate bureaucracy, it's like, how do I climb my way to the top and kind of step on everyone else to get by? And I'm not saying that's really how it is, but it's like, mm, I've right. got, I've got to, I've got to go through a review process. I've got to be meets expectations. I've got to exceed expectations on this. I've got to do this. I've got to play the politics to get here, to get there. I don't want that. I want to be thrown into the startup where it's like, look, um, everyone's wearing multiple hats or we're kind of all wearing multiple hats and we've got to succeed and we're trying to grow and this is what we're trying to build and uh, we need you to build it. I don't care how you drink it from the fire hose, whatever it is, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's. No, I agree with you. Okay. That's, that's all hardly what it is for me. I've been, I've always been a bit of a jack of all trades, right? Like I've total infrastructure background, a little bit of coding, you know, a little bit of leadership. I've got all these little pieces and I've never wanted to just do switching and just do routing or just do anything like that. I've always wanted to be a little bit more involved. And I think I needed, I needed that part of it. And I needed to still stay in a place that I could have an impact. Right. And I got to change. And you find that when you're in the IT role, quote unquote, IT, by that definition, sometimes you're limited on how you can have a say in things. You've always got to prove yourself. You've always got to go to the boss and be like, look, man, this is the reason why you should do this. Uh-huh. You know, And this is the reason why we've got to change this policy or change this procedure and change the way we operate. And you know, I really kind of wanted to make that shift. I wanted to be in a position where I could, I could have that kind of impact and still make a change and, and, and show some positivity to the business where I didn't have to fight the notion of being in IT. Huh. because you know before it was you're our vendor we talked about this earlier the, the boss has always said well you're our vendor you got to do what we say well now as i'm transitioning more into the operational side of it with an it background you know i'm getting to have a bit more of that say on how we do things where it is the foundation of what we do and that's the big transition i think we've got two things happening in the world right now 
One we talked about earlier, we got that big security push. Everybody's figuring out the security thing and they need the security and they don't know what to do and they're all over the place. But the other thing is, is, you know, we're coming up with tech businesses that are tech as a foundation. You know, that is what they do and that's how they operate, but they've got to integrate the business with it. You know, and to me, that's what DevOps means to use that term in a blanket way. It's integrating IT, not just development, but integrating IT into the operations of the business and looking at things from that perspective. So for me, that's why this job came up and it was really, I don't want to, I don't want to say dream come true because that's a little cheesy, but it was really a great opportunity for me to bridge that gap and make that transition into, into having a leadership, being a jack of all trades and being able to integrate the business into the technology and getting those two to go hand in hand because we've seen it more and more over the last decade. I mean, just because, you know, you've got to pick an HR system now. You can't do it on files and papers. You can't do it by hand. You know, HR ladies are using scripts to running active directory stuff. You know, we're seeing it everywhere with CRMs, with ERPs, with all these different systems that, you know, you've got to have a technical mind now to go run the business. You can't just come out with a BS and or BA in business and think you're going to go in and run a tech company. I mean, it just doesn't work. You know, we're seeing it with CEOs and startups. You know, they were all these developers or they were these tech guys that became these CEOs and now they're running businesses. Well, we need that everywhere. We need that IT mindset and that IT experience and mentality to bleed over into the business because we're going to help beg these businesses run more effective and efficiently, right? And to make more money because we're going to streamline it. Security is going to be at the forefront of our thoughts and why we're doing things. The technology and the staying in a position to be innovative is always huge. And I think the business people, they always hindered that. They got in the way of that, in my opinion, because they didn't know. They were afraid. They didn't have that experience. They hadn't gone through the, the, you know, the growing pains that we all went through, living through changes in technology, having to grind it out, you know, inside the switching, plugging in the cables in the server room, dealing with all that kind of stuff. They haven't been there before. So they don't know. And now we're bringing that knowledge of this past 15, 20 years of IT. We're bringing that knowledge over to the business. And now we're seeing that we need people like that. We need people to have that sort of mentality and have that experience to help us run our business because it doesn't work the other way. So for me, that was really what made this exciting to me was that opportunity to step over. I, I've always debated on when the next play would be for me, would it be more technical? You know, do I want to be in the weeds? Do I want to be living in the systems? Do I want to live in the command line? right? Or do I want to stay in leadership? And when it came down to months and months of stress and anxiety, and I think this gray hair you see really has been more prevalent over the last three months than, than uh, before, because I had no idea. And I had to kind of go through this experience. And I think sometimes when it comes to people making the transition, kind of go back to the original question here is, you've got to just go in and get the experience. Because the first couple months for me were uh, crazy hard, no sleep, stress, tension, all kinds of things. But after a couple of months of experiencing it, then the next two months were great. I saw my value, you know, ultimately over the course of three months, I had six different job offers. I said no to a couple of them. You know, I said, no, this isn't the right fit for me. It's not what I'm looking to do. Um, you know, I had all these different options that I didn't think I would have when I went down there and I didn't know were there the first couple of months. But just Getting no to job offers. That's there's so many mind blowing things that you just said, and I'm taking notes pretty fast here. But saying no to job offers is probably one of the most powerful things someone can do. I can clearly remember turning. I can clearly remember very clearly, and it was a massive transition point for me in my life. 
saying no to being probably the opportunity of being a the number one leader um, in this kind of like inside sales operation piece for a large um, tech company, one of the largest multi-billion dollar company with the opportunity to come lead that. And I can clearly remember saying no. And when I said no, something like shocking to me happened. I went from guy that's just not a top executive, like an inside C. I went from not just being a top executive to being someone that people want to loan money to. Mm -hmm. That's a big difference because they went from like, Hey, we can tell that you're turning us down. And I'm pretty disappointed in that. This was the conversation. I can tell that you're turning us down and, and uh, I can't say that I'm you know, happy about that, but there's no way that we, in, there's no way that we don't want to uh, not work with you. So why, why basically like, first of all, why are you saying no to us and what can we do to work with you? I said, well, because I just, I don't want to work in the corporate world anymore and I want to start my own you know, business and this is what I see the marketplace doing. And this is how I see myself providing value in the marketplace. And this is where I want to go. Oh, well, what's stopping you? I was like, ah, honestly, like $240,000 to keep the light on and pay for my, I think I had six kids at the time, you know, now I've wow. got eight, you know, so like I had a responsibility as a father, you know, to like, you know, pay for, you know, keep the lights on. All right. And uh, they're like, okay, we'll give it to you. Wow. I'm jealous. That's crazy. I mean, I said no. And one of the big ones when I said no to a guy was, we, it was really cool. We had a great relationship. And, you know, the first thing he said was, yeah, I could tell it was coming. I could just feel it. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, I still appreciate you and everything you have for me. He's like, but I want you to, I still want you to contribute. He's like, will you consult for me? Mm. Stay on and be a consultant. See? Yeah. See, you know, and that opens doors for you and it, it does things because, the hardest thing for us in IT, I think, is to is to understand our value because we don't see it, right? We're not on the other end of it. We don't really know what's going on. But you, you know how valuable, and I know how valuable a really good IT guy is. I mean, they're freaking priceless, to be honest with you. If you get somebody in there that loves and has a passion and can do these things and just has that mindset and that thought, I mean, you're going to do whatever you can to try and keep these people Make them happy. Around. Hey, thank you. Don't just show up every day and be like, hey... uh Computer oh, turned man. on today. <laughs> uh, you know, you just, you just, you can't thank them enough because they're a dime a dozen. And the way this world has grown and these things have changed, you get a ton of IT, don't get me wrong, <clears throat> but there's a difference between maybe the IT guy who can do it and an IT guy who sees it, right? Who kind of sees the big picture and sees the value that they put. And I don't think we value ourselves as often as we should. And it's hard to do because of the role we play in the organization. We're always tend to be at the bottom right? We're always keeping the lights on, keeping things going. Never good enough. It's never good enough. And when you're in something that's like never good enough and there's always more to do, it's hard to think of yourself as, I don't want to say successful, but it's hard to think of yourself as like people really appreciate what I do because you yourself are so hard on yourself. Well, you You, never can do it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you yourself always know that it's like a never ending battle, right? It's like appreciating... I always use the mailman as that, right? Like appreciating the mailman. No, because they take a vacation and when they take a vacation or when there's a holiday and the U.S. mail is shut down, 
it's not really a holiday because they know they're coming into twice as much mail, yep. if not 10 times more yeah. because it's during the holidays, right? Yep. So how is that a vacation when you know you're coming in the next day and it's the job that never ends? It's like the song that never ends. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, it doesn't. song that never ends. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It goes on and on, my friend. It's like the mail, you know, it's like, it's yeah. just so like I, um, but I guess again, that's life. Right, like life's sure. a de- not a destination, or it's a journey, not a destination. Whatever we've heard those. Sure. Um, but uh, so I guess it is a, yeah. I guess that's kind of like maybe it. Maybe there is a destination. I don't know. Jeff Bezos, like, has he reached the? Has he reached the end? No, it's like never enough. Never now. It's just such yeah. an amazing thing to me when you think about that, right? Like, always see that picture of him in the office with Amazon on a. Like a piece of paper up in the corner. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like, think about it. Let's t- let's go back now. Let's just go back in time. Um, and there's, I ha- well, first of all, I don't know where. I don't even know how to transition. Maybe we shouldn't. Um, <clears throat> because should DevOps be a title? Should DevOps be like a new? Should it be like a title? Should it be director of DevOps? Should it be? Um, I mean, instead of IT director, should it be like you know? DevOps Ninja? Should it be? Um, That'd be awesome. I'd love that title. What, Wouldn't that be a great title? Like I know what I know what DevOps means, and I do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, you know. It's, to me, it's a, it's a, to and, me, it's a, and I think the biggest thing is when you look at it. The first thing they always say in a DevOps transition is culture, and that's such a hard thing. But you know, we have these we have these jobs that are out there now that are. Um, Oh, one other thing too, because this is just kind of funny. Do you think IT guys make up different titles and make up things that are really just because they're like, want to separate themselves as technical, like nerds and superior people that we Absolutely. need? Absolutely. I'm a pizza nerd based on your quiz, right? So we yeah, like all got to... We, we, we need to make things up. Like we need to make up these like crazy terms like DevOps and someone else looks at it and they're like, oh, so um, basically you're like a project manager? Yeah. <laughs> Right, basically, yeah, that's really all you are. Like, uh, can we, like, you know, like, no, 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 no. You don't. Nobody wants to be like an, like an active directory sys admin, right? Like, that doesn't sound cool. That's not. That's not fun. We got to have some some cloud. Like, it goes back to what we were saying, man. You got to get some. I'm good regard. with I'm good with the database, so we're gonna call it yeah. director of yeah. it. Director. <laughs> perfect. Right. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, we got to get some clout somehow. We got to separate ourselves from just being, you know, the IT. So that the normal people have no clue uh, what that means. Like how many, just out of curiosity, how many CEOs, if we went out there right now, the, um, in America, know if we said, yeah, man, who's your uh, director of DevOps? What would they say? Clueless. 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 In- I put the Phoenix Project book on my EVP's desk and I let it sit there for, I'm not kidding you, a year. Mm-hmm a year. And every time I went, I said, you have to read this. Let me send you the audible book. Let me do what I have to do. Got to hear this. What's that about? Is that like, uh, about the like atomic bomb or something? Like what's that about? No, this is the, no, it no, was I, a, know it is. I know what oh, it thank is. God. No. Okay. Joking. So <laughs> okay. They're like, they're like, Oh, cool. what's that about? Is that like uh, you know, like area 51 or something? Yeah. That's <laughs> to have a listen. <laughs> yeah. This is a great book. And you know that and the unicorn project, I mean, those are the ones that were transitions for me, right? I came across those when I was, Looking at this, because I've always had this niche. It started with the classroom. You know, you said that I was in the Native American Pueblo. Well, that was the bottom of the bottom, right? And they had no technology. They had nothing, man. They were just scraps. And I started to try and integrate technology as much as I could into these places. And, you know, so that integration and that evolution of trying to implement technology and push it in everywhere I went led me down to that DevOps title one day. And I found that book. Right. And I read that book and I listened to that book. And honestly, it's, I know it's so cheesy, but it was, it was life changing for me. 
because it changed my entire perspective, right? So this last company I was with, Ultramane, they did software, right? They were a maintenance and mechanical and engineering logistics. Here's the key thing about, just before you go on with the Phoenix project, Mm. that's a weird thing about it though. And here's here's the strange thing is he fell into that role. He didn't even ask for it. He turned no down. He didn't want anything to do that. He was an IT dude forced into a business. Yes. Like save the life. It's literally like it, it. it's a real, and this is why I wrote this thing the other day and I was just doing it to really troll people, uh, which was, uh, I'm not a, uh, um, like I was like, I, you know, I'm not a fan of comic books. Like I, you know, I don't like George Lucas, like, like all these, you know, I'm like saying like all these things, like, you know, like, uh, Stan Lee. People like I'm not a fan of Stan Lee. I'm really not like, I don't care. Like, you know, yeah, no, no, one's, no one's special. You know why? Because there's real heroes in the world that don't get, you know, like, like that story alone is insane. Like that's like a real life. I can, I can feel, I can just feel the corporate pressure. I can feel the pressure on like, honey, I'm coming home late today. I can feel the, the anxiety. I can feel the pressure from all aspects of that role. And, um, the the thing, but the thing is, is right. Like he was like thrown into that. So that's like it guy thrown into the business world. And now we're going to, again, make up a title called DevOps and that's what it's called now. And, um, (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with that. I, I think the point is, is, uh, and back to the, you know, the, the Indian reservation and bringing technology in and kind of bringing a foundation and all that stuff. Um, but I think he's paving the way, you know, those it, are the ones that are the things that hasn't been that long, right? That's 2014, 2013. Yeah, it has to happen. It's the next generation, man. And we're the next generation. You know, I'm in my early, early forties, right? I'm in my early forties. I got 25 years, of work left. Let's hope I work till I'm 70. Hey, can I just ask you what does early 40s mean? So when you 43, say 43. 43. Okay, good. Because I'm 44. Is that still early 40s? Yeah, you're still good, man. You haven't hit that five. <laughs> I think the five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you're mid, right? Then you're in the midpoint, right? So yeah, so I'm 43. We're the next generation of people. And it's going to happen, right? And then we're going to be the ones that come in and transition because now we're getting all these people that grew up with tech. I mean, I didn't fully grow up with tech, right? I still had CD players. My dad's car still had an A-track in it when I was a kid. And yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we were on the evolution of all these things as they kind of came up. But this next yeah, generation... Projectors. And I'm thinking the first thing I thought of when you said like we were bringing technology and I thought of like the old overhead projectors with the clear... What did we call those? Why can't I um, the Oh my God, you're killing me with the, the overhead pens and they were the clear sheets. The, yeah, you know, the basically the little mirror thing and we had... Yeah, it was, it was an overhead. It was a... Um, overhead projector, right? No, it's not yeah. What is it called? <laughs> Anyways. I got them. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I can't uh, even remember it's so long, but yeah, we lived and died on those. I, I came up writing on that. You know, the weird thing for me is I write really well on the chalkboard, and you give me a dry erase marker, and it's horrible. But if you give me a piece, weird. Of I was like, why are we doing this? I remember the dry erase marker. I was like, this seems weird. This does. This just seems like. Isn't this more expensive? Like, why are we? If you wanted to be the kid that got to go wash off those sheets of paper that the teacher would give you at the end of class, right? She'd be like, hey, I need to go rinse these clear sheets off. And you'd want to be that yeah, kid who got to go out and like, you know, clap the racers and go rinse off the overhead sheets yeah. and stuff. So, you know, but we, we came up there and this next generation of kids, you know, my daughters, I'm sure your kids, you know, they're living and dying in technology and they're going to have a different perspective on it. They're going to expect it in the businesses. They're going to expect it in the jobs. They're going to expect this from the companies that, that sell them things. You know, next and, generation. I hope you're right about the next generation because I think about that too. I'm just waiting for the good old boys to die. 
Sorry, give everyone. Give me my shot. Give me my chance. Let's go. <laughs> right, the ex, and I like to, I always <laughs> like to hear when the X generation people are like the saviors, you know, like the X no. generation, we're like, we're like the small generation that are like the saviors, you know, we're like in between millennials. Lost. And, the lost generation, right? Boomers, but all responsibility falls on us. We're the only ones that care anymore. You know, that's how it's I see yeah, we're on that last. My last boss is 35 years at the same company. Come on, man. Come on. You got to step away and let somebody else do this. It's time, right? We need some new blood. We need some new thought processes. We need some My brother change. worked 33 years at the same company. How? How do you do that? Off. Only to get laid off. Only to get laid off. Are you kidding me? 33 years. Can you imagine? The IT guy there has been there for longer. And when I sat in with them and... Uh, uh, still on Lotus Notes. No, see, that's what happens. That's what happens. Lotus Notes. Lotus Notes. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, this wasn't that long ago. This was like three or four years ago. I wouldn't be surprised if they're still on Lotus Notes. I hope that's not. crazy. I got a terrible story with that one, right? And this is the hypocriticalness of the whole situation. So I come on board. I was brought on board to make change, right? To implement change. So that's why they brought me on. So, you know, I started with the school system here and I revamped their entire support system here in Albuquerque. We got 165 schools in Albuquerque spread cool. out. So I had 50,000 students, 2,500 yep. teachers. Yep. Revamped the whole thing, caught wind of it and said, come over here, we'll pay you. Right. And they doubled my salary. So my wife would have killed me if I said no. Yep. Right. I had, to, I had to take the opportunity. And then I go in and well, they had a couple IT guys, real small IT guys. Right. And um, first thing is I get in there and they're like, we want you to bring your own people over. We're getting rid of these guys. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, uh, hey, uh, you got to fire him today, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you got to get rid of them. These guys have been doing this for nine years and you got to get rid of them and you got, and you better be on top of your game. And, um, so the HR lady is like, she's like, well, yeah, you know, nine years, I think they should, it's time for them to do something new. And I looked at her and I said, well, hasn't the, hasn't so-and-so been here for 30 years? Hasn't so-and-so here been here for 20 years? Uh, well, yeah, I said, well, isn't it time for them to do something new, you know? And, but it was time for the IT guys to go on and do something else because they had been there eight, nine years, but the leadership could be there 30 years, 20 years, 25 years, having not seen anything else, had not had any other experiences, had been with different companies that ran things differently, that did things differently, couldn't inject that sort of change and that mentality into what they couldn't just put a word around it. Couldn't innovate. I get it. I get it. I can't judge amount of time anyone's been at the company because they could be completely stale and stagnant or they could be there for, and they could have made ex- exceptional changes and grown the company like exponentially Absolutely. over times. So there's the, the time factor is not really the issue, but it definitely is something that, cause it's kind of like looking at, like if I just scroll through your profile right now, first of all, again, being an next generation person, like I like what I see because I see, you know, like on average, the three to four years at every company, right? We can judge it based on that. We know that people do that. They make a judgment within the first like seven seconds and like do you to move on or not. But um, it's tough, but you got to bring change. And how do you get that in this world? Like you, how can't do you, go get comfortable. you can't get comfortable. The point is, is like you really just... Yeah. Like anyone that's gotten really comfortable in their role and sat there and think that it's going to be there forever. I don't care what it is. Um, you really just, anything could happen at any moment. And we were development. We were software development. So think about how software development. Steve Jobs got cancer and died. You know, like not anything can happen at any moment. Yeah. And you got to be able to bring on. And, and the big thing for me is you, you, I've always thought of this, you know, because I came up in the restaurant businesses, managing and stuff. You've got to be training your replacement. 
right? And you've got to be kind of working in to the next guy to come take your role. And if you're not really doing that, and you're not trying to build your company up internally and give people opportunities and, and do things, then you're really lacking that innovation. I do you have know? a theory about restaurant guys because that's how I started as well. Everything. My very oh, yeah. first job was dishwasher. I mean, line, cooks, everything. You know, I have seen it, done it, right? And I think there's mm-hmm. something to be said about restaurant workers and technology because anyone that's been in restaurants and get into technology, you're like, you can make money doing this stuff. <laughs> like, I don't have to work and sweat and like a hundred, like, this is amazing. And everyone else is complaining. What are you complaining about? What yes. is, did you I'm out like, of here. Go, go work the line at IHOP? Yeah, and then come talk to me about working. Right. My dad had me work in Maryland Conservation Corps when I was 13, getting up at 5 a.m., going chopping down trees. You know, do I kind of do that for my kids. Like, where, how, what can I, where can I send my kids to start chopping down trees and stuff? I was having this conversation the other day with one of my kids. I was like, oh, really? Um, okay. Well, um, let's pull up Job Corps. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, can I get you in? Can I, can I pay for this? This is not right. Can I pay you to have my kid come work? Yeah, I do. You know, I was free labor for him. He did. He was a teacher, right? So the summer job was Maryland Conservation Corps, and they would go clear out areas and, and chop down trees and stuff. And I was free labor. Heck him, yeah. You know, as soon as I could get a worker's permit, he made me. But he's also old school, right? He's a guy from the '40s. You know, he grew up grinding and working, so he wanted me to have that, and I have to appreciate it because I work my butt off constantly whenever it comes to things, but. You know, I think this, you know, this next generation is going to have a different perspective and we got to get these people in, man. We got to get change in there. And when we got the, the old guys, the good old boys need to move on. God love them. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for what you yeah. built. Yeah. You know, thanks for everything you've done, but it's time, you know, it's time <laughs> for some new blood. It's time for some new thoughts. Like putting them on like a, we're putting you on the uh, wooden barge uh, with all the sticks built up and we're pouring gasoline on it. We're floating you out into the ocean and lighting it on fire. Thank you. Off to Valhalla. Thank you much for your time. Right. You know, go retire. Go enjoy it. Go how do, let's bring in a bunch of DevOps guys now and block dissecting popular IT nerds. Uh, how do we, de- how do we do a, let's do a, um, you know, I'm not that stupid. We're going to do a DDoS <laughs> attack on you. <laughs> right. Gonna, you Wait know. until that happens, man. Wait until they all get beat down on that over the years. I was, this, this Microsoft stuff that happened. I wanted to go back to my last company and, and go in and be like, do you want to thank me? And then like, what do you mean? Because I got you off of exchange 13 and seven, mind you, when I showed up. They exchanged 2007 server and a Hosted 13 Outlook. server. Hosted yes. Outlook mailboxes. Yes, all day. Oh, and I, the first thing I did is yeah. I'm like, off you go. I'm like, get out of this. I'm like, we're not doing this nonsense. And lo and behold, guess who didn't have to go through a bunch of hell the other day, the last week or whatever when it came to that stuff. Are still hosting, um, do you think people still have like hosted exchange, like on site? Do you think a lot of people mm-hmm. still have it? Well, obviously I already yeah. answered the question because there's people with Lotus Notes. So, um, uh, more so than you, more than you would think. More, people, are scared. Um, people are scared of subscription services. They see Microsoft hitting you every month and they freak out about it. But I'm like, you pay like 40 grand a year for this though. Uh, you know? Yeah, I think it will. I, I think that will, I think there's a lot of things are going to change. We don't have time to talk about this other thing, which I was going to ask you about, you know, outsourcing help desk and level three, you know, Sally spreadsheet type of stuff. But um, everyone out there listening, by the way, I always forget to do this. Um, if you like the show, if you like, um, you know, whatever we're attempting to do over here, which is, you know, um, drive IT in the, into the future as a business force multiplier and highlight the the IT saviors um, and maybe get HR to thank them from time to time, you know, for fixing the spreadsheet 
problems, whatever it is, please. Um, the four major sources of traffic and the people that take all of your data, and we should just know this. This should just be like common sense, right? Are um, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. And Apple is the main driver of podcasts. So I don't care if you're a droid lover and you will only listen to this on other things. I need reviews on Apple Podcasts. That means you need to just Google Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. And the first thing that's going to pop up is iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Click on that, scroll to the bottom and give us your honest review. If you hate it and it's a stupid, fine. Give me a, give me a bad review. But I just need reviews. So scroll down and give me a review. Sean, the last question, um, because you are in, you're building DevOps inside a tech, inside a technology company. How does that feel shadowed inside? Are we working inside the realm, inside the world, so to speak, of other, the shadow of other big tech companies? Are we from a, to speak even in um, conspiracy theories hmm. type of speak, are we inside the shadow, inside kind of like the realm of other big tech companies? Does that make sense? I'm trying to, I'm trying to, um, you know, like every, like even if we're going to drive marketing, like what I was just talking about, like the four major drivers, right? We know like whatever it is, like 49 mm-hmm. cents, every dollar spent online is spent on Amazon or whatever it is. Are we working inside those frameworks or can we build new frameworks in the future? Or is it pretty much we've, we're kind of setting the foundation here and, and Amazon and Azure and all these things are going to be pretty much it for the future. What's, what's the deal there? No, I think, you know, I think we're on the, the precipice here. You know, God love them. You know, thanks for doing what you do and showing us the way, but we're all going to pave our own way. You know, we're going to look at the difference because Google and Amazon, those, those are still business people running it. They just, they just have the capital to hire all the IT people and all the tech people. But we've got to get that innovation and that change in there in the way we operate and the way we do things. So, you know, my goal is the company I'm going to, we're competing ultimately with companies like Amazon and Google and Azure, you know, maybe looking for a different market or different people. We're going to be competing with them. And the way we compete with them is to do things a little bit differently, right? Is to offer a different service, whether it be white glove, whether it be a different approach. Or maybe to niche down, maybe to just niche down into particular vertical markets and stuff like that. Like what I've noticed, a lot of people that are going to compete with say a Google or compete with some of the big boys, They've got to really, like they say, the riches are in the niches. We got to niche down and uh, provide a very specific, like you said, white glove handhold service to X. Right. And the way I, the way I get it across there is through, I think this comes from that, that Six Sigma approach that I got somewhere along the lines of the project management training I got, right? Was that effective and efficient? Because I think that being effective and efficient as a business is implementing technologies and staying innovative and staying on top of it, automation right? Automation, having clean, clear processes and procedures that support human resources that are legally binding, that are all those good things that are in there, but we're using IT and technology as the foundation. And I think that right there over the course of the next 10, 15 years is going to be hugely different. And it's going to be a different perspective that we're going to see for people. You know, we're going to see a change come in and we're not going to want to all buy into Amazon and we're not going to want to all do that. Now, are they going to be there? Absolutely. I mean, come on, you know, AT&T was Bell Atlantic, right? Was Verizon, was so-and-so. They're just going to change the name and the logo somewhere along the lines. They're too big to kill. 
but that doesn't mean that we have to live in their shadow per se, right? We can just use them as an example of how to be successful and how to go in there. And I, I don't think that in the world we live in a social media of exposed information of, you know, everybody's out there. It might be not using them as an example, because I don't know if I would bring up the baby bells and not as an example to mock, to, to mimic. I would do that. You know what I mean? I would use an example to not, you know, like, Hey, here's how, here's what not, here's what we could not do and make your life a lot better. Um, Right. Yeah. As examples of how to be successful, whether positive or negative, right. Cause you always, you always look at that, but we get to be our own thing. We get to be change and, and change is inevitable. And they're kind of showing us a little bit with that. They're kind of showing us how we can integrate business into technology, but they haven't perfected it. And they're going to be too big for their own britches, just put it politely, right? Because the, those, those CEOs and those CTOs and CIOs aren't the ones that are going to real, make real change. You know, like you said, Bezos earlier, right? He wasn't you know, there when he started. He started off as some small guy and worked his way up. Well, that's going to happen again. You know, we just feel it right now. We're just in it right now. So we think that that's the only way, but Google wasn't around 20 years ago. Amazon wasn't around 20 years ago. These people weren't around. And we had those big overarching, it was the oil companies back in the day. It was Ford, right? With, with uh, cars. And, and now you got Musk and these other people. It's going to continue to evolve and it's going to continue to change. And we just have to look at the positives, the negatives, and we've got to pave our own way. And we've got to be open to do things differently and to, to kind of, you know, inflict change. I, uh, I was looking at a job that was an innovation manager. And I thought that was such a great title. It might be complete BS, don't get me wrong, but what a great title where your job is to inflict change and to innovate. Yeah, I mean, to- that's, is that job still open? I might go back into the real, I might go back into the corporate world. I'm telling you, I'm is telling job you, still <laughs> you know, like, God, what a great title. And it was very tempting. Talk you know, to people. To yeah. We have, we have a talk to people job. Uh, I told you I exist <laughs> to talk to the people because the engineers can't do it. I just don't think that companies are really, they may think they're ready for that kind of a change, but I don't know that they're really ready for it. They think they want an innovation and they, they say that but they're just not mature enough and they've got some of the good old boys still floating around. Give it five well, years. The DevOps thing is big. The DevOps thing is basically taking technology and, and um, company policies, procedures, mapping, and kind of like integrating the two. At least that's how I see it. I worked for Starbucks for years mm-hmm. and there was process, 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 process. And when things break down in my house every now and then and things get out of control and the kids aren't cleaning stuff up and everything, I, it brings me like right back to that. I'm like, okay, we've got to have a gold standard checklist. We've got to have, <laughs> we got to have the five ways of being. We've got to have a timer that goes off every hour. That the tells pillars me, of keeping the house up, right? Yeah. You know, like immediately I'm like, like we got to go to Staples tonight and get the laminator and we've got to, you know, uh, and then how can we do this with technology? And can I have tablets like, you know, Velcro to the walls where kids have to like check in and check out for chores? That'd be great as they're walking and then did you do your chores today? Like the old signing sheets in the laboratories yeah. that janitors had to fill out? Yeah, we need that stuff. I'm thinking of getting, uh, I was even, I almost bought the clock in and clock out box the other day. They still had that staples. hilarious. <laughs> Please do the punch card. Have punch your kids do a punch card. Just, just agree with yeah, and then there's like, you know, a, some sort of digital dollar wallet thing that like I used to like pay them with something. <laughs> Here's how many, amazing. I wish I could control everything in the house, like the hot water. I wish I could control the water. Like, I mean, I really could do this as like, this could be like a reality show, like really turning your house into some kind of, 
You're not an IoT guy. You're not into home automation. Yeah, like no, I could. It's all time though. Everything. When, when everything you. is about how we manage our time, right? Mm-hmm. Like I should have that. I should have everything in that. But then it becomes, then someone will be all over me on LinkedIn too about how it's insecure and hacking. And someone's going to hack into my oven and turn it on 500 <laughs> and open the garage door and, you know, all that stuff, you know? So right. I'm in. The worst thing for me was my router went down, right? I got, the, I got a bunch of the home automation stuff and my wireless router ca- crapped out on me. What hell that was for a day and a half. <laughs> everything stopped working. Everything just stopped working. The whole place just went down, right? It was as bad as a disaster at a company, right? I'm like scrambling, running around. I mean, you can really take it to the next level. Even at Starbucks, we used to know how many steps it would take for someone to make a Frappuccino and we'd have all kinds of deployment maps. And like, you could, I can walk into any Starbucks now and go, oh, these guys are a mess. They're deployed. Get get more efficient. This guy isn't standing here. This guy should be standing there. Why did they put the cash register here? Why did they do, you know, I mean, it's, it gets wild. You know, have you seen any of Amazon's trainings that they that they have out there in uh, the world? No. So no. Amazon has a bunch of trainings out there for you if you're doing AWS certs. Okay? Yeah. It's free. Uh-huh. Yep. But yep. they absolutely 100% have taken the Starbucks mentality and they use a coffee shop as the example. Perfect. And how they build the cloud the same yep. way they built the coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. Right? Off of the guy doing this job and here and efficient. And, uh-huh. and you can absolutely 100% see, in my mind, I instantly thought of Starbucks. I think that's how Starbucks came up, right? They had one dude running around like crazy, like, you know what? We need somebody over here doing this. We need yeah. somebody over here doing that, right? And they just, and they kind of worked their way through and they built this process. Well, Amazon's absolutely using that to train people in the cloud. DevOps. It's the Starbucks of the digital world, you know? I'm telling you, man. And that's been a dream of mine. And I had a real hard time. It was, do I go back into the tech and do I stay focused on that? Or do I try and push the DevOps thing? You know, do I, do I go sell security uh, or do I push DevOps with security as a mindset? Uh, uh, right? uh, dude, this has been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure having you on the Thank show. You. What do you got? I mean, I think we might've already, like, I think it might be clear, but to just ask it again, you know, for other guys out there listening that might be in any situation that you've been in, in a job transition position, maybe just, you know, whatever, what's the, um, like, what's your piece of advice? Patience, keep hope alive. You know, is there anything that someone can do physically? Like, what should they do? Go say no to five people. I mean, although we were used to saying that, you know, go say, go apply to five jobs and just say no to it. I mean, what's your piece of advice? You know, I think, I think honestly, it's a bit of self-confidence. Uh, just be confident in you, you and what you do and you know who you are. I'm not going to tell you you should know what you're going to do or what you want to do. That's n- it's ridiculous to say that. The, the opportunities will come, you know, through self-confidence and positivity. A lot of things come out and get very universe on you if you want to get down and dirty like that. But, you know, have that confidence, know your value and be patient with the situation. Just know who your, your value, know what you're worth. And I know that's hard when we got to put food on the table and we got to pay the bills. And if you're unemployed, and you get a job offer, man, there's nothing like getting that offer letter, right? There's nothing like it, especially the first con- couple of times around. But, you know, know your value. Know your comp. Be confident in who you are. Go out there, do your research. Be patient with the situation. It, it takes a little longer than you might think it would. But, you know, the right thing will come along and you have value. You know, it's, it's really about that. You have value. I try to tell my wife that. She's not in IT, but she's looking for a new job. And I'm like, you got to know your value. You're, I mean, I would die to have somebody like you on my team on the business side of things. You know, so you're valuable. Somebody's going to want to hire you. Somebody's going to want to bring you in and you're going to, you're going to do wonderful like you've done here. 
You know, so self-confidence is very hard for us. IT, you get beat down. Every day something's wrong. Every day something isn't working. You, you haven't met this goal. You haven't obtained that goal. And you're constantly beating your head against the wall. And you don't realize your self-value and your self-worth. But, you know, man, we're an amazing group of people. Super intelligent, super capable. We can take on any task, tackle any problem, accomplish any goal, solution, problem solvers of the modern day world. You know, that's what we do. And, you know, value yourself like that and good things will come to you. Man, you just devalued me so much. I just felt like I'm <laughs> worthless now. <laughs> I, no I, way, talk, man, I talk to all these valuable people. I talk to all these really valuable people. And that's, that's, that's what I do. Well, you know, I'm, man, I'm jealous of you. are worth more than me. <laughs> you know, if I could start my own gig and if I had the, if I had the guts to do what you did, um, you know, maybe I have a different path. I, you know, I, I'm jealous of you, man. I envy you. It starts with food stamps. It doesn't always, right? So, you know, maybe one day... I'm not afraid to say that. Look, I worked for years paying taxes, okay? And my first month out, it only lasted for a month. Mm -hmm. I went and I applied for food stamps. I don't tell many people this because you still think, you know, you still think people are going to judge you like, oh, you didn't need to be on food stamps. That's for like other people. No, man. I had eight kids. I worked uh, for years. I am starting my own business. I have no, I have no, uh, um, you know, ambition to stay on food stamps whatsoever. But I can tell you one thing, I need as much money as I could possibly have right now to keep everything afloat. So I'm applying for these damn food stamps. Okay. And I'm going to proudly use this card. You know, they gave me 1400 bucks a month because I had a big family. That's a lot of food. I was food, And just by plugging myself into the system, I had so much more appreciation. I love experiencing crazy things. Recently, I was locked up for three days. And I read about it, man. And there's, that story is going to come up. I still, I need like two hours to tell that story, but I did nothing wrong. You know what I mean? I did that. Mm-hmm. It was just, but the appreciation for everything, I had an appreciation for the assist system. I had an appreciation for why it happened. I had an appreciation for all the people that I was in there with, all the people that I learned everything, right? Um, you just, I, I don't know what that, I don't know what that is, but um, again, you know, I, I love that, that, you know, you're an amazing group of people and yeah. Uh, yeah, you're worth more than, you know, you know, whatever it is. So, um, modern day workforce, man, we keep the, we keep the lights on and we keep the businesses running and they couldn't do what they do without us. They couldn't make those millions without us, man, on the back end. Appreciate you, man. We're, we're, Thank we're, you, man. Yeah. Good luck to you. I hope we get to talk again someday. I appreciate yeah. it. Listening to what you do out there and I'm, I'm, I'm going to touch you out to everybody else too. Thank you. So, Thank you, sir.